Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Buy the Laces podcast. My name is Blah Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? I'm doing absolutely fabulous. A little less fabulous because, of course, we have some COVID-19 positive tests in the NFL, but hopefully, as we talk a little bit about it, maybe I'll feel better about it. How are you doing, Blah? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, for the most part, the league has been going strong, and it's uh, been a pretty unpredictable season so far, but what else did we expect? And, yeah, I mean, like you just said, we're going to dive into this COVID issue, and it's really not as big of an issue as um, you might think, and thankfully, but uh, it's an issue nonetheless and something we have to discuss about. And also one thing, Trenton, I wanted to wish you a belated happy International Podcast Day. Why, thank you, Bilal. I, I was unaware that this was a thing, but... Uh, uh, neither was I until you... But you usually find out there's a day for anything, especially if you're scrolling through social media. So, I mean, we have a podcast, so I think this I think we qualify. Why, thank you, fellow podcast host. Much appreciated. You're welcome. Podcast director of Radio The Pulse Sports. All right. Uh, why don't we dive into some news right now? Like we mentioned in our intro, Steelers and Titans have been postponed either Monday or Tuesday over positive tests. That's because the Titans have had four players in five team personnel test positive and their team facilities are closed until Saturday. As of right now, the Vikings who played the Titans don't have any positive tests yet, but, uh, yeah, we don't know, uh, we don't know how that's going to go as they continue to test. I mean, this is a pretty interesting situation here. I believe like all the teams have been following the protocols that have been laid out pretty strictly. So I was honestly quite surprised to uh, see that a lot of um, positive cases came out of this. But the interesting thing is that it's mainly staff members. There are only three players that have, as of that I know of, who have tested positive. So, um, I don't know. You just have to, they're just taking the extra precautions. And I think they, I believe they shut down their facilities for a period of time, but the Vikings are now planning to return as of Thursday. And the game has also now been rescheduled to Monday. So it looks like we get a double hander on uh, Monday night football. Yeah. So, uh, like well, said, actually, but this game will be run through CBS instead of ESPN, so. Right, so uh, would this mean we still get football on Monday then? Live TV? Hopefully, I don't know. They might have the market issues, um, or they might make it a national, uh, nationally broadcast game. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, in other COVID news as well, the NFL sent another memo to teams warning of possible suspensions and loss of draft picks if they're not following COVID-19 protocols on the sidelines on game day, which makes sense, honestly. It's a, it's a smart move. I mean, again, like last week we were talking about how coaches and teams are getting fined hundreds of thousands of dollars because they're not wearing masks. And then you see on the sidelines this week, every coach who didn't wear a mask last week was wearing a mask because they did not want to. They didn't want to pay another $100,000 of their own money. 
Um, but uh, the draft picks thing is going to be interesting. Uh, I don't know how they were – if a team's going to be dumb enough now not to wear a mask. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they're going to figure that out, but I guess it's – you know, it just serves as a warning, a stern enough warning, because no team wants to lose their future especially not in that way, you know, by not getting it anything back from it out of a trade or something. Yeah, and um, also it's probably another just precaution because of what we just discussed about with the Titans and the Vikings having the first couple cases of COVID actually appearing in the league is just, just another precaution. I don't think any team is actually going to lose a draft pick. And and most are probably gonna be fine. It has to be like a real um, major issue for them to lose a draft pick, in my view. Yeah, and uh, another thing that COVID nineteen has put a, a pause on is player workouts because Earl Thomas, free agent safety, was set to visit the Houston Texans for a workout, but it was actually canceled because of uh, COVID-19 test issues. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's this whole week has been a learning curve with the league and COVID. I mean, it seems like we're only talking about COVID right now, but that's the most important thing that's happened in our world. And it's affecting the league in a way that we haven't seen over the first three weeks. So... I mean, it's just taking care of everyone else's safety. And Earl Thomas will probably be back in the league at some point, but uh, that time will have to wait. Yeah, and something I find interesting about this whole situation is that Earl Thomas was released by the Ravens in August, and this would be his first official workout with a team if he goes to work out for the Houston Texans. And, you know, is that, is that something that you think is surprising given his talent level? Or do you, do you believe that teams were scared off by his behavior? I, I, mm, it might be um, a little bit uh, of his behavior. I mean, he's a great player nonetheless. We all know that, especially with his time back in Seattle. But it's also like, do many teams really need what's what are the needs teams need right now? It's like, do they need? I'm using the word too many times in this past sentence. But like again, do they need a player like him to fill a position? And uh, I mean, the Texans haven't been playing well, so it's like anything they could possibly think of to generate a spark would um, could be beneficial. And does that mean signing Earl Thomas? It could be. Uh, I mean, it was just a workout, too. Like, we don't know what shape the guy's... I mean, he's probably been in good shape, but it's like, you don't know exactly what shape he's in. You haven't met with him. You haven't been able to talk to him properly. So it's like... Again, it's, it's, it's an evolving situation. It could be... You might find out next week that he's back again, so... Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, yeah, I I just... I feel like with all his issues, like 
when he was leaving the Seahawks and he was being carted off the field and he, he was flipping the bird to Pete Carroll. And now with the Ravens, when he's starting fights in training camp with his teammates, you know, it's, it's not a good look for him, especially as a star player. But uh, yeah, maybe he'll, he'll get a shot with the Texans. Sometimes people just need a change of scenery and they are. Or two or three changes of scenery. <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, so people have been complaining, but recently, I mean, people who really don't know what they're talking about have been complaining about NFL ratings dropping, mainly due to protesting. And really, if you don't want to watch because someone is protesting or kneeling, then don't watch. But it couldn't be farther from the truth in the NFL's ratings have been dropping. It actually turns out that the NFL had some of the strongest ratings out there in on TV right now. And it says the top 15 shows on TV are what, Trenton? Football games? Exactly. <laughs> the top 15 shows on TV are all NFL games. Every single one. Hey, I just noticed this though on the on the list here. At number 15 comes um with 9.8 million views was the Bears Giants week 2 game. That's that's interesting. Hold up. It's also I don't know, now that you think of the markets that played, you have New York and you have Chicago, two of the largest TV markets in the country. So, I don't know. million is, yeah. But also the Chicago and Atlanta game comes in at number 13 with no, 11.7. No. <laughs> which we're going to get into that. But like 11.7 million people watch that game. So you're telling me in front of like – the entire nation, the Atlanta Falcons blew a second lead. Oh no! Hey, it was it was good. It was, uh, um, but the number one game, which doesn't surprise me at all, actually, was the Buccaneers and Saints at twenty six point three million views. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, when you have two of the biggest names in football, it's like you said, it's to be expected. So that's that's definitely good for the NFL. I mean, I don't care about people's personal views on on this matter. But if you come out and say that the NFL is dying and people are not going to watch because of protesting and whatnot, it's, they're flat out wrong. And not, we have the numbers here to, to uh, defend that. And I think also it's the NFL. They're, they're not going to stop airing NFL games. You know, I think no matter what the ratings are. So definitely. yeah, definitely good. Uh, good for us to see on Sundays. Yay. <laughs> I mean, they can, they can count on us. They know that. There we go. All right. In other broadcasting news, Patrick Mahomes, in the uh, the game against the Ravens was towed, or his mom 
<laughs> we'll put it that way. His mom on Twitter called out the announcers uh, because they were calling Patrick Mahomes Pat. And uh, I mean, hasn't everyone though? Honestly, yeah, that's true. I mean, I know that's not not his name, but yeah, because you don't hear I, like <laughs> when he was with Trubisky, they always call him Mitch. Yeah, there we go. Wasn't wasn't your Trubisky? Name, your name's awesome. your name, though. So it's like <laughs> if you want people to call you by your actual name, then yeah, they probably should be calling you by your actual name. Wasn't was it Trubisky who wanted to be called Mitch? I don't know. It? I think it was a mix at the time. I mean, I don't think he actually, honestly had a preference. I remember Nagy would be like, if he was like mad at him, he'd call him Mitchell. But if he was like not mad at him or just happy, he'd call him Mitch. I mean, that's a whole other story right now and really not relevant. But you can only imagine what type of name he was called. I think he was called Mitchell this past weekend just because of his, uh, which we will, we have to get, we're going to get to that later. Yes, oh, this, uh, the story of Trubisky, which will always be connected to the story of Mahomes, sadly for uh, sadly for him. But in other news for Patrick no one Mahomes, knew Mahomes would become Mahomes. Though no one knew. True. And look yeah. at Sean Watson though. He's already his his team's zero and three. So it's like, honestly, I mean they both have the big contracts and whatnot, but it's like. You look at it, Mahomes is the only one out of those three who has really consistently emerged as someone who can win, and which he has. I mean, he's won the MVP, he's won the Super Bowl now, his team's 3-0. and So it's like, out of those three, I haven't even put Watson up there anymore. I mean, as of right now. So Yeah, Dave is really... They seem to have really fallen from where they were as a, a playoff team last season. Although I feel like whether that is because of Deshaun Watson or because of their coach uh, is debatable. <laughs> I mean, Watson hasn't, I don't think he's also been putting up that great of numbers as of recent time, as of recently. So. It's a factor of everything. I mean, it's a team game, so there you can't you can't always put the blame on one guy, and you can't always give one guy all the credit. It's a team game. All right, and uh, so going into our usual segments that we have basically designed for ourselves, um, it's time to analyze the NFL.com's Week Four Power Rankings. And uh, as always, I'm going to run down through the first 10, and then we'll see what interests us after that. So the Chiefs moved up one spot to number one. They were Last week, they were ranked two. Uh, Packers have moved up from number three to number two. The Ravens have dropped two spots from number one to number three. Steelers have remained steady at number four. And the Seahawks are also remaining steady at five. And so would the Bills, staying steady, steady at number six. <laughs> and the Titans at number seven. So looks like we have rankings number four, five, six, and seven all remaining the same. 
the Patriots moved up two spots to number eight. They were previously number 10. And the Los Angeles Rams dropped one spot to number nine. They were numbered eight before. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, TB12, have moved up two spots from number 12 to number 10. And um, what do you think about these? You like the mainly the core number, the core rankings have uh, stayed intact. It's been just a couple up and down here or there. My only question is, why are the Seahawks only at five? I mean, the Steelers are ahead of them, the Ravens are ahead of them, the Packers are ahead of them, the Chiefs are ahead of them. I feel like I feel where like would, the Seahawks should them? be higher up there. Where I mean, I would put them at. Three, I would put them at three, or maybe so better even... than the Ravens. Yes, I think so. And I think I Russell. Think I, I could see that actually. Yeah, I think Russell Wilson brings more to the table than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, and we as of last week, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we saw that when Lamar Jackson couldn't do really anything against the Chiefs, whereas yeah, Russell Wilson has always been, you know, the one man show. Yeah, I have a few things to say about Lamar Jackson watching that game, but we're going to get to that when we talk about that game. Um, I mean, usually don't see this much often, but what is it? I listed it. uh, Steelers, Seahawks, Bills, Titans. Four teams stayed the same. I mean... uh, yeah, you don't see that that often, but uh, they're all good teams. It's kind of hard to. I, I feel like they're more undefeated teams so far in the league that you that we're usually accustomed to. So it's like just trying to get um, a perspective of where these sit. And these are also opinioned positions. These aren't official like stats. But the Colts moved up five spots. If we continue on the, with the list, the Colts moved from 16 to five. No, sorry. They moved up 16 to 11, moving up five. Yeah. It's, uh, and the Saints dropped four spots from number nine to number 13. And the Bears moved up three spots to number 16. So, um, oh, the Cowboys dropped six spots to 17. Which, um, I mean, they could have won that game, but they yeah they had not. a shot because Russell Wilson <laughs> exactly. And your last place team, according to the NFL.com power ranking, is the New York Jets, still remaining yeah number thirty-two. I think uh, I think that's expected of them right now, uh, given. Just how every week there seems to be something new about how dysfunctional the team is and just how terrible things are going for them. I don't think the team has been good since like 2015, and that was when they had like Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they almost made the playoffs or something close to that, but like they had a winning record at least, I believe. I mean, uh, also, when 
Josh McCown was with the Jets. He didn't do too bad no, in his uh, no, first not. year there until he horribly broke his collarbone, was it? I don't even remember. What was so it? So long ago. Yeah. So he, long ago since the Jets were re- relevant. He broke something, and uh, they could not rally. He was he was on route to taking them maybe to the playoffs. <laughs> do you remember Mark Sanchez? <laughs> the Sanchez. <laughs> what a time that was. Right? Was when, any- uh, when the Jets had so many star players. Jets had Brandon Marshall, too. Brandon Marshall, Darrell Rivas. <laughs> And yet they're still the, they were still the Jets at that time, too. Um, does any positions ranking on this, any team's ranking surprise you or not surprise you? I, I think the top 10 is definitely pretty solid. I find it interesting that... Outside the of the top 10, then. Okay, out, outside of the top 10. Um, the one team... The teams you always expect, even if they move up and down a spot. You expect those teams to stay in the top 10. Right. Uh, I would have to say maybe the Colts at number 11. Yeah, I would say the Colts at number 11. I don't know. It just feels it feels odd for them to be there. Um, and, of course, they've had a lot of hype with Phillip Rivers joining them in the offseason. Uh, now they've lost their, their running back, Marlon Mack, in I think it was week one. But you know the Colts are two and one right now, and it's it's not too bad for them. So I don't know. It, it, that just sits weird with me. How about you, Will? I'm looking at the Lions right now at number twenty-two. They moved up seven spots from twenty-nine, and I'm honestly caught quite surprised that the Lions won a game. Um. I mean, obviously, I did not pick them to win that game. I chose the Cardinals to win, but uh, good for them. They got their 10th win under Matt, Matt Patricia in the past three years, I think. So, good for them. Yeah, and uh, Adrian Peterson still chugging along for them. Still uh, looking good. Dangerous wonder. Yeah, I think news came out kind of recently that they were going to give Adrian Peterson the, the lead back role, which makes sense given like how he's performed compared to all the other running backs on that roster. He's been, he's been looking young. I mean, if you have something that's working for you, I mean, you can take it. I mean, you should take it if you're the, if you're the Lions. Too bad the Jets don't have anything going for them or they would have had some success. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, even when Le'Veon Bell was with Steelers, I thought his running style was so magical, but with the Jets, it's just completely disappeared. He doesn't seem like the same player at all. Both New York teams are ranked uh, 31st and 32nd. Oh, no. Yeah. Not a good time to be a New York football fan. Um, (laughs) Moving on, we were just, we touched on this in the power ranking just Briefly, uh, we got the Cowboys and Seahawks game from this past week, and that was a fun game to watch. I mean, Russell Wilson's deep ball is something to watch. I mean, he can launch that thing, I'd say, 55, 60 yards with ease. 
and when you and on target, usually also going for a touchdown. Yeah, and he's he's always been seen as you know the the scrambler, the improviser throughout his career, and to now, for everyone to be starting to see him as wow, look, he's he's amazing at throwing the football. Is it's just amazing honestly just to see him throw it i mean he threw five touchdown passes but one thing i want to talk about is can we talk about the play that resulted in a touchback i'm gonna figure out who oh no dk metcalf yeah mm-hmm. oh no oh no that i mean that was uh it was one of the first famous ones. It was Leon Lett for the Cowboys, I think. He was, now, uh, before we go into this, what do you think about the rule in general? It's it's interesting. Um, I get it, yeah. but I don't like it. But I get it. Do like you... If the ball goes out to on the sidelines, it goes uh it's marked it's marked wherever it goes out so that's fine but if the ball goes out of the end zone it's a touchback but then again you look at our kickoffs if the ball goes out end zone it's a touchback anyway so i get the theory behind the rule but it depends on what side of you are i i would say like if you're on the cowboys side you appreciated it but if you're on the seahawks side then you're not are you uh I was going to ask, are you on this this side of it because of what happened to the Bears against the Steelers? Was it last season or two seasons ago? Bears, Steelers, uh, the blocked field goal, and then Bears defensive back Marcus Cooper goes running uh, to the end zone, and then it gets popped out of his hands. I quite honestly do not remember the play. Really? Um, okay. Based off of your description, <laughs> based off of your description, I probably would have been pretty upset. You, uh, it was that traumatizing that you blocked it out of your memory. <laughs> it probably was actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Although try, the beers, I, I tried yeah. to try to take such traumatizing moments and not think about them anymore, like the double doink, or possibly that play that you just referenced. Although the Bears did pull off a win in overtime against the Steelers. So in the end in the end it worked out okay for them. I mean, again, I I understand the concept of the rule. I understand and I just he was lazy. I mean he admitted it later that he probably shouldn't have done that. And he I believe what didn't he catch like the game winning touchdown as well? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so he he redeemed himself, but it's like uh, now you just know not to take a day off in the NFL. You can't do that, even if you like. There's um, I've heard of stories how players usually sometimes watch themselves on the jumbotron just to see if someone's behind them. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I uh, there's some segment in NFL Network once where players are talking about how like they're cake returning and they're always looking up at the jumbotron just to see if anyone's behind them to see how far they are. 
Yeah. And and honestly, speaking of like how far they were, DK Metcalf, when he when he was accelerating to catch that deep ball, he was like five steps in front of the defensive back. Like he was he was gone, gone. But I he didn't realize that he slowed down a little bit to catch it. And so, you know, by the time he's strolling into the end zone, the defensive back was right on right on his back and was able to knock the ball loose. So I I feel like Metcalf just felt like he outran the guy so badly that he couldn't catch up. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that he made up made up for it later on in the game. Uh, Russell Wilson is apparently now three and zero against Dak Prescott in a regular season game, and all these three games he's posted a passer rating of over one hundred and five. So he is uh, the much better. I don't know if he's – yeah, he's better. He's better than Russell. He's better than Dak Prescott. Even though Prescott did put up an impressive stat line. Um, but that's what happens when you're trying to play catch-up and try to come back. 472 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. It, and, a, and a fumble. <laughs> Lost fumble as well. Yeah, and but, uh, they allowed it. I mean, it wasn't his fault, but they allowed a safety too. Zeke couldn't get out of the end zone. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Now I remember that. That was such a mistake. Hey, um, but the disinteresting um, point combination because the Seahawks end up leading twenty-three to fifteen at halftime, and it happens to be the first time the Seahawks ever had that type of score in. Uh, NFL in NFL history, the first thirteen to fifteen halftime score. Just another interesting, interesting in the long history of the NFL. Interesting indeed. Uh, I think you were about to say something, or before I cut you off. Uh, was I? I don't think so. Uh, all right, cool. or if I did, then I forgot. But that's all right. <laughs> no, but I was, I was saying that uh, the Seahawks are a dangerous team, and three to zero is. Nothing to joke about, so. I don't think you meant dangerous. I think you meant dangerous. <laughs> I probably did, yeah. Sorry about that. I don't even know how that nickname for Russell Wilson came to be. <laughs> He's probably had it for a while. Is it? Wait, is that his Twitter handle? Maybe that's where yep. it was. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. That's where I'm thinking of it. All right. Moving on. We have the Packers and Saints. Now, uh, this game could have gone better for the Saints. Um, for the most part, this game was a pretty uh, what you expected, but then it got out of hand coming like the fourth quarter. Saints have two um, two back to back losses. I mean, that's uncharacteristic of the Saints. Yeah, and um, for one of them to be against the Raiders in week two is weird. And for them to lose against the Packers, it makes sense. You know, they're both two good teams. Uh, Russell, or no, Drew Brees' stat line in this game wasn't terrible. Like, you know, 20, 29 completions, 36 attempts, 288 yards, three touchdowns no interceptions that's solid you know that's that's vintage drew Brees. but, but it wasn't enough 
yeah, the way that the game played out, they just they couldn't keep things going. And their leading receiver was Alvin Kamara with 139 yards, two touchdowns. After him was Emmanuel Sanders, 56 yards. You know, I think he's missing – he's definitely missing Mike, Michael Thomas. Yeah, but I think uh, Michael Thomas is uh, practicing again for the first time in two weeks since he got hurt. So who knows? He might be able to make a comeback and play on Sunday. But uh, my opinion, I think you may agree with me, is point where the game turned was that Taysom Hill fumble. Oh, the Taysom Hill fumble. Because, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you – yeah, what do you have to say about that? I mean, the Saints scored a touchdown in basically to end the third quarter. They tied the game up 27-27. Mm-hmm. They forced a turnover on downs by the Packers. And then at the start of the fourth quarter, they give it to Taysom Hill. He fumbles. The Packers get a field goal. And at that point, like you said, it just it got out of hand because they, they lost the momentum and they punted right after and then, of course, the Packers drive down the field again, score again, and yeah, that you're right. That Taysom Hill fumble changed everything. I mean, yeah, they use him as a Swiss Army knife who can do a lot of different options: kick return, receiver, quarterback. But and they paid him a ton to do it too. Yeah, they let go of Teddy Bridgewater, who won him six games last last year, I believe. But no, that fumble was a really bad uh, position for the Saints to be in at that time. If you can't give Aaron Rodgers an additional possession. And the Packers have put up 35 points in each of their first three games and are 3-0. And they're the only – I can't talk. They're only the sixth team since 1972 – be in that position. I mean, they're, you know, I think when you talk about quarterbacks, you know, getting another quarterback is competition, like how Trubisky got Nick Foles, you know, supposedly to to light a spark in him. I feel like Aaron Rodgers, when Jordan Love was drafted this past draft, Aaron Rodgers was like, all right, I get it. I got to pull something off, you know? I think the ESPN broadcast brought, brought up an interesting stat line here that Aaron Rodgers has only thrown to a number, a first-round pick maybe once or twice in his whole career with the Packers. Like, they've been spending a lot of draft capital on defense, which is why he wanted – which is why he wanted um, them to spend a, their first-round pick on a receiver instead of Jordan Love, so – I mean, who knows what's going to be going on. All we know right now is that the Packers are sadly 3-0. and um, In direct competition for the Bears in the NFC North. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> both, both teams have played pretty um, – I don't know how you want to put it out. They played not as challenging competition. I mean, the Bears probably struggled much more against these lesser teams, but I think we're finally in a position – where we have an idea of where we're going, but the Packers played the Vikings and the Lions, and the Bears played the Lions, 
and and now the Saints. The Saints are much better than those two t- other teams, but the Bears played the Lions and the Giants and the Falcons. So it's only three games. Both teams are three and zero. It's much better to make changes and or whatnot when you're three and zero instead of zero and three. And with that, the we're gonna go into our last game. Chiefs at the Ravens. This is the game to decide all games. No, I made that up, but or this was. It could have been. Yeah, it definitely could have been. I mean, nope. It was not. It was touted that. as the modern Brady uh, Manning matchup. I think we also decided we gave it too much hype. <laughs> I mean, okay, we gave it the right amount of hype for this type of game last week. And I would like you to uh, tell us why we were wrong. I mean, Lamar Jackson just couldn't do anything in this game. Um, On the first drive, it looked all right for them. But then after that, it just kind of fizzled out, honestly. I mean, Lamar Jackson was the leading rusher on the team with 83 yards on nine carries. He was, that was all he could do. Yeah. He only threw for 97 yards. One touchdown. This is probably, I think the lowest in his career. It was like what? 105, I believe is the lowest in his career throwing. Yeah. It just, it did not go well for him. It did not go well for the running backs and the defense was just, shredded by the Chiefs like absolutely shredded Patrick Mahomes four touchdowns 385 yards they they couldn't touch him he was dancing in and out of the pocket they could not they couldn't touch him at all you send the blitz after him he picks the blitz and then he torches you that way you don't blitz him then he has all the time in the world back there it's like what do you do how do you beat this guy and he he even had some runs too to escape out of the pocket and you know pick up some yardage you you just can't you you can't do anything against a guy like that well thankfully the month of um october is about to begin and we are out of some we're out of september actually it has begun yeah Uh, we're out of september because patrick mahomes is 10-0 in the month of september in his career so uh, hopefully we're gonna get into a month where he maybe loses a game (laughs) <laughs> do you want him to lose a game are you are you looking to see well actually we do have a an interesting matchup uh chiefs this next week so i guess we'll get into that a little bit later but uh yeah right lamar now the jackson chiefs... lamar jackson's only 21 and one against other teams but happens to be 0 and three against the chiefs that's uh, that's kind of brutal. Three that's of his a first, little brutal. Three of his first four losses have been against the same team. And I mean, that's and just rough. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably also like a psychological mindset. It's like, oh yeah, I haven't beaten this team. I mean, it's probably. I mean, there's some. There's probably some psychological aspect to it. And he, the thing is that you got to get um, you have to get ahead fast though against the Ravens because just looking at these little fun facts here, it's like 
Lamar Jackson is now 0-5 as starting quarterback when trailing by 10 or more points at any time, including a playoff game, which they played terribly against the Titans last year. And meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have proven that even when they're down by, let's say, three scores, you know, they can still come back at any moment with a vengeance. And we saw that in the playoffs as well. Exactly. All right. So th- we uh, intentionally decided to uh, choose only three games to cover this week because uh, we wanted to spend more time on the Bears. And right, right, rightfully so. So let's, uh, let's analyze this game. And we got some important news to uh, discuss. First and foremost is the quarterback switch in the middle of the game. That, that was... honestly caught me off off guard. Yeah, same. I mean, okay, it was another slow day for the Bears. We started off start off the game with a missed field goal. I mean, that that pains you. We go forty seven yards down, and you miss a field goal, and then the Falcons come back and score a touchdown in just a minute and nine seconds. Honestly, three plays. I was afraid the whole game might be like that. But um, no, we didn't play that well at all in the first half. And then Nagy made the surprising decision to replace Trubisky and put in Foles, which honestly did start a comeback. And uh, yeah, I'm going to hear your thoughts on this and I'm going to chime in a little more. I mean, Trubisky opened up the first drive of their third quarter by throwing a pick and mm-hmm. you know that's definitely something you don't want to do and then they made that quarterback switch which you know took you by surprise took me by surprise and Nick Foles is going driving down the field and it's like okay it looks like the switch did some good uh and they get into the red zone I believe and then they're right at the end zone and then whoops Nick Foles throws an interception too <sighs> Yeah, that was uh, – I mean, Nick Foles, uh, he did well. I mean, coming off the bench in the situation, Nagy was like – he wanted some sort of spark because the team had been just not playing well at all up until that point. And he, but even he was like – he's like, I didn't expect that type of spark to come out. Yeah. But it got a little deflating, though, at times when we get those two touchdowns called back. One, one you understood. One I understood, he didn't have possession. But the other one, the jump ball situation with Anthony Miller, you'd think in that situation the ball usually goes to the offense when it's a tie ball, when it's a ties with the with the defensive back. But no, they wanted to uh, give them an interception. Yeah, and uh, you know after after Nick Foles threw a pick the beer is punted and then they have a turnover on downs and by then the Which game just because of that overturned touchdown right yes mm-hmm. yes it was and um at that point the game just kind of felt like it was over you know the just two picks that ended drives and then 
just continuously punting the turnover on downs. I mean, the Bears, in all seriousness, this was not a game that they were supposed to win at this point in the fourth quarter. Like you're no. you're not you're not supposed to come back from this. Mm-mm. And, and then teams usually don't. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, three straight touchdowns to end the game by the Bears out of nowhere. All right. Um, just to your point right here, since at least 1940, the Bears are now three and 144 when trailing by 16 points entering the fourth quarter. And two of those wins happened in the past 14 days. Or no, not 14 days, but like the past couple weeks. Uh, It's been a few days since this tweet I'm reading was posted. But uh, in the NFL in general are only 6 and 646 since the start of 2010 when entering the fourth quarter trailing by 16 points. And two of those wins were the Bears. So a third of the teams since 2010, the Bears account for that number. And that's the teams don't come back crazy. like this. Yeah. And uh, what what did you think of the Falcons' play calling at the end of the game as the Bears were going along uh, this miraculous comeback? I mean, they couldn't stop them. Honestly. Yeah. Um, that missed tackle that they allowed Anthony, no, sorry, Aaron, Allen Robinson to score. I think there were like two or three Falcons right there who could have caught him because that was a long uh, run after catching all those yards after the catch. And then the play with Anthony Miller, Nick Foles basically threw that off falling down. I think Foles said in his press conference after the game, he was like, um, if. I can't get it off cleanly or something. I'm just going to be throwing it to a certain point in the field. I think it was like he said like the L in Atlanta, which is written on the end zone. He said, I'm going to be throwing it to the L. So just be there, basically. Yeah. Um, and the the Falcons went three in out in the fourth quarter. So after the Bears turnover on downs, Falcons three and out. Bears touchdown, Falcons three and out, Bears touchdowns, Falcons three and out again. <laughs> and it's uh, – I mean, credit to the Bears defense, though, to Akeem Hicks and uh, with that sack was huge. I mean, I felt they kept holding Cleo Mack, though. Like, they couldn't not – that was all they could do. And do you want to talk about the refereeing in this game? Because the referees were about to – they confused me for a small portion of this game where they were about to offset the penalties even though both penalties were on the Bears. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely an, an interesting day for them. Um, yeah, I, it was just... It, even not just this game, but also in a few other games as well, there were some some decisions that the refs had to make that were... You know, could have gone either way. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just happens to be this week. Who knows? I mean, the refs are unpredictable. And you can't even touch them, apparently. Oh, you get ejected out of a game. Um, all right, so what does this mean 
for the Bears going forward. I mean, Nick Foles is the quarterback. He is the starting quarterback for the rest of the season, barring injury. What does this do to the mindset? What does this do to our chances to win games? I mean, I don't know, honestly. Uh, the, the three games that the Bears have played so far haven't been against the best of opponents, and they've been closer than me personally would – I personally would like to see them being. But uh, I don't know. I feel like I haven't seen enough of Nick Foles to decide if it's, if it's going to be an improvement over Mitchell Trubisky or uh, if it's going to be more of the same because Nick Foles doesn't offer the same mobility as Trubisky, but maybe Nick Foles has. He was throwing it better than he did. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good change. I mean, there were, again, Trubisky had ups. He had a lot of downs too. He had, he was never consistent and it's a new change. It's, um, Again, we're fans of the team, so like it's a good thing. We're not the ones making the decisions. We're not the head coach. He knows what's going on. I trust what Nagy has to put forward. And I think the team, the Bears are not a bad team. I mean, we're still 3-0. and And again, like I said, there are issues that need to be fixed, but it's a lot easier to fix them when you're 3-0 and instead of 0-3. And we have a, a decent competition coming in this week with the Colts, so it'll be fun to watch. But we'll be doing it without Tariq Cohen. Yeah, that was that was rough to see that injury on uh on that punt return. It was so rough, honestly. And he's done so much and for the team and he's such a good running back and a good receiver, so and he just got his his uh, contract extension too. I'm actually kind of happy that his contract got extended when it did, because at least we know he's going to be around for a while now. Yeah, and it's uh, definitely good for him too because he doesn't have to worry about it now. Rather than you know he gets injured first and then he's like, oh no, I I got to worry about a a contract. And hopefully, um, Allen Robinson again gets extended. As soon as possible, we need that. Yeah, he's had some some off games, though. He's had some ups. Week, he's got some he got, downs. He got over a hundred yards receiving last week, so mm-hmm. that's something to uh, look at. And then he also had Jimmy Graham catching two touchdowns last week. So, yeah, it was definitely good to see him getting good, his o- good overall pro- uh, production out of the offense in the third and fourth quarter. And honestly, it was good enough to win. Hopefully, we can maintain the lead this upcoming week and not have to rely on any type of comeback. Honestly, I just like to see Matt Nagy trusting the running game and running out of the single back. Mm-hmm. I like the single back. <laughs> I like I like seeing uh, Montgomery or Patterson running out of the single back. And we got the options now. I mean, we did lose Cohen, but you do have Montgomery and do a Patterson. And you get those guys in open field, they can they can make a few people miss, especially Patterson. Um, Patterson almost had a return for a touchdown. Almost. 
so close. Almost, but uh, that just shows you what the guy can do. And I'm glad he's on my team. All right. Uh, I think we'll be wrapping this up shortly, but we can't leave without uh, predicting each game. So last week I went 11-4 and four and won because there happened to be a tie between the Eagles and the Bengals. And you also went 11-4 and won. So, uh, yeah, even though we uh, differed in some spots, we still end up with uh, the same record for for uh, this pick. So, how about that, Bilal? <laughs> yeah, my uh, – I don't know what your overall record is, but at least my overall record as of now comes out to 33-14-1 uh, for the season. So, I don't know if you want to add yours up at some point. but uh, uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll add mine up probably next week. Hopefully. All right, we'll uh, we'll start keeping track of this and see who ends up having a better overall record at the end of the year. Um, so the first game on the list is the Thursday night game taking place tonight between the Broncos and the Jets, both between very bad teams. As we mentioned before, the Jets are basically ranked towards the end of any rankings that anyone ever puts out. So it's who are you taking, Trenton? I'm going to take the Broncos. I feel like the Broncos are better coached, even though they're literally running out of people to put on the field. Mm-hmm. New quarterback? Because they're changing it up again. And for those who don't know, uh, Trenton is also a Broncos fan. For this <laughs> um, oh, no. Yes, yes, I I very much am. He's like second favorite team. Occasionally I will wear my uh, Broncos shirt when recording this podcast. Or at Radio DePaul staff meetings. <laughs> that's true as well. If we ever have staff meetings in person again. Yeah, that's uh, – yeah, we'll see. How about you, Bilal? Uh, Who are you taking? Or, yeah, I'm taking the Broncos. <laughs> I caught up on all that discussion that I forgot to make my pick. Take the Broncos. Can't trust the Jets right now even though the Broncos are also iffy. I'm still taking them to win. Um, All right, next game, Saints at Lions. Ooh, uh, I got to go with the Saints, but, man, I feel like the Lions have a chance, maybe. Nope, I don't think so. I'm going with the Saints. Lions are still the Lions. They almost – they barely pulled out that win against the Cardinals. Saints still have Drew Brees, and he's lost two games in a row, and I think he's going to have that energy and that fire to uh, produce a good win. For this All season. right. You you make me confident in my pick of the Saints. <laughs> Chargers at Bucks. Ooh. I'm going to go with the Chargers, actually, on this one, uh, just, to, just to spice things up a little. Really? Yeah. I'm going with the Bucks. I'm not going against Tom Brady. And especially, I don't even think Terod Taylor is uh, playing. So they got a rookie quarterback. And no, Tom Brady at home, even though no crowds, I think. Uh, going to the Bucks. All right, Jaguars at Bengals. Ooh, we, we picked mustaches last time around. <laughs> We picked yeah. mustaches instead of beards. Um, and we lost that. And we got burned for it, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals on this one, even though they haven't won a game. 
I'm going yet. with the Jaguars on All this right. one. I'm going again with the mustache. I, Bengals haven't showed me anything that makes me confident yet, and I, my goal in this whole exercise is to come out a winner against you, so I have to pick the Jaguars. Vikings at Texans. Ooh, I chose Vikings last time around. I'm going to pick Vikings again. They were very close to a win. I believe in them. But they didn't win. It but, was by one point. Yeah. It was by one point. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm going with the uh, Vikings as well. Texans are 0-3. Um, they're struggling. And this, it's going to be quite quite um can turn into quite the sinking ship soon okay seahawks had dolphins gotta go with dolphins gotta go with danger russ did you say the dolphins and then danger russ did i say dolphins i meant seahawks <laughs> whoops <laughs> yeah i was wondering about that the beard uh, confused me <laughs> yeah i'm going with the seahawks Nothing to really analyze there. Uh, Steelers and Titans. Ooh. This is going to be interesting because this is going to be the postponed game. I think got to go with Steelers because mm. Titans, they're not going to get much practice time, if if any, really. Yeah, I'm going with the Steelers. and I wasn't even thinking about this when I made my picks, but I just think the Steelers are the better uh, overall team. Uh, the Browns at Cowboys. Ooh, this is this is interesting. Two very very run heavy teams. I think I'm going to go with the Browns in this one, which which feels weird to say that I'm picking the Browns to win yeah, a game. But no one ever picks a Cleveland team to win. Um, don't let Gina hear you say that. <laughs> yeah, didn't think about that. Can't make the boss upset. Um, no, I'm going with the Cowboys. Oh, oh man! All right, that's that's fair though. I mean, the Cowboys um, did have a good showing. Cardinals and Panthers. Ooh, I'm gonna go Cardinals. Same here. I'm going with Cardinals. Uh, Colts and Bears. Bears. No hesitation. Exactly. The <laughs> Bears. Hey, we got the we got the Colts this Sunday, and then we get a Thursday night against the Bucks. So, and both at home, so I like that at all. No travel, um, and we got the Thursday night game, so I like that. Um, we got the Ravens at the Washington Football Team. Ooh, I think I think the Ravens will probably have a pretty good shot on this, but I'm going to go with Washington with the upset. I am going with the Ravens. I mean, yeah, I mean, I like Ron Rivera. I like what they've been doing there, but they just haven't been winning. And so that's why I'm going to be, and the Ravens just came off that humiliating defeat against the Chiefs. They couldn't get anything to go, and I think they're Washington football team will be a good uh, opponent to get back on track. I I just can't get over the the weird grimace that you gave me when I said Washington with the upset. 
<laughs> you just look so disturbed with me when I said that. I wasn't even looking at the on the Zoom thing. I had my I had the teams open, so I didn't know what I was looking like. But uh, apparently, I wasn't okay. Um, the Giants at the Rams. Ooh, uh, gotta go with the Rams. Yeah, I gotta go with the Rams here. The Rams, no question. All right, uh, Patriots and Chiefs. Ooh, this is going to be one heck of an interesting game. I I want to go with the Patriots. Um, I feel like I believe in Cam Newton's ability to lead this team and Bill Belichick's ability to account for everything on the Chiefs offense. But this is definitely a game that I can see the Chiefs winning too. But Patriots, because upset, I think. And this is a hard one, honestly. I've been, I think we were talking right before the show and going through some things and I was trying to tell you how I cannot pick what who I'm going to pick for this game. But in the end, I mean, you went upset, but I think I'm going to still take the safe pick and take the Chiefs. Even though I like what the Patriots have done. I mean, they did lose against the Seahawks, but that wasn't honestly by much. It was a competitive game throughout. They dominated against the Raiders last week, so but I'm still taking the Chiefs. Yeah, the the one thing that I feel brings down the Patriots offense is that they're solely revolving around Cam Newton and his running ability. I mean, Cam Newton's been doing well passing, and the Patriots have had a pretty decent passing offense, but it seems like so often they're just running Cam Newton in the option or on a quarterback draw, and I feel like that might come back to bite them, whereas the Chiefs have literally every option of scoring with anybody. A lot of teams know that Cam Newton would be running the ball that too. Like the Seahawks in that game, they knew on that play that Newton would run it. I knew he would be running it. It just depends on is Newton strong enough to get through the D line in the end zone, which in that situation he wasn't. But uh, it's a different Patriots than what we've been used to because they don't have Tom Brady and they have they have Cam Newton now, so I mean it's still an evolution. They're still processing everything, so but I'm yeah, I'm sticking with my pick the Chiefs. Um now we have like three more to go. Uh the Bills at Raiders. Ooh. Bills have been doing incredibly well. They have really been the shocking team. Yeah. Yeah. Raiders have pulled an upset that was against the Saints. But um wow, this is interesting. I'm gonna go with the Raiders on this one. I am going with the Bills on this one. Have to uh go with the the Bear team. And in my view the like you said, that was just an upset against the Saints two weeks ago and mm-hmm. the Raiders they're an up-and-down team. They're going to have an up week. They're going to have a down week. Last week, they had a down week. But I still think they're going to have another one this week. If not, it might be a close one. But in the end, the Bills, like, they just had that huge comeback last week against the Rams, which probably shouldn't have happened, but it did. So they have the momentum on their side. 
All right, the Sunday night game, the Eagles at 49ers. This is interesting because the 49ers had an easy-ish game against, I believe it was was the Giants, right? The Giants, yeah. I chose them to lose that game because half the 49ers team is on injured reserve or some injury list. Yeah, uh, this is a difficult one to choose. Um, I mean, they played really well, though, in absence of all. Right. So much right. so that there was some talk about, like, Nick Mullins replacing Garoppolo, but Shanahan put that to rest. He said if Garoppolo comes back and he's healthy, it's his team. No doubt about that. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going to go with 49ers then. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Niners, too. I made the mistake last week to uh, pick against them, and they proved me wrong in a really commanding way. And the Eagles haven't won a game yet. They tied a game, but they haven't won a game. And the Monday night, the original only Monday night game, now they have two of them because of the Steelers and Titans, but... The Falcons at Packers. I gotta go with Packers here. They they have the hot hand right now. It pains me to ever pick the Packers, but ever since we started doing this pick 'em thing, where we have to pick every game, I've started using my head more than my heart, and um, I'm picking the Packers. Falcons are probably gonna blow another lead. And what if? What if third time is the charm, and instead of the Falcons blowing the lead in the fourth quarter now, it's the Packers blowing the lead in the fourth quarter? Oh, I'm fine with that. Um, I'm fine with the Packers blowing the lead. But, uh, yeah, no, two weeks in a row you have such a horrendous game. When you think you're going to win it, the, pa- the Falcons could easily be 2-1 and one right now, but they're 0-3. So, um and it's in Lambeau. Not that it makes a difference because no fans, but just like psychologically, you still have to travel and you're in Green Bay. It's the aura, the aura surrounding Lambeau Field. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be weird to see an empty Lambeau. It's going to be weird. But again, this whole season's been weird, so what can we do about it? Yeah, at least the, at least the season's continuing. That's all we can ask for. Exactly. Um, so I think that basically wraps it up. We've had a full show. Um, so thank you all to listen to Buy the Laces. We'll be back next week with another episode. Hopefully, hopefully you have a great rest of the week. And don't forget to follow both of us on Twitter and BillMalik15 and Trent underscore Cito. Please stay safe and wear a mask. Don't forget that mask.